Money Pit is presented by Pergo, Home Advisor, T-Rex, Lutron Sensors, and Isonine. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you working on this beautiful fall weekend? Is it outside your house? Is it inside your house? Wherever it is, we want to help you get that job done, whether it's a painting project, a decor project, a repair project, a project that perhaps is going to make your home more comfortable for the chilly months ahead. Give us a call right now and let's talk it through at one eight 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 Money Pit or post your question to the Money Pit's website at moneypit.com right there in our community page. Coming up on today's show, if you're planning on selling your house, open houses are not worth all the hassle if they're not done right. We're going to have tips to make sure your open house isn't closing the door on potential offers in just a bit. Plus, every year, ice dams can form and cause roof leaks that may cause thousands of dollars in damage to your home. Now, insulation combined with properly installed roofing systems is the solution. We're going to have expert tips to make sure ice dams can't happen at your house. And now that it's fall, it is the start of the busy season for plumbers. With all that holiday cooking and cleanup, your pipes can suffer the consequences. We're going to have some tips on how you can avoid a costly emergency call in just a bit. Plus this hour, we're giving away a set of Lutron's Maestro occupancy sensing switches to add lighting automation to your home. Yep, these are super convenient because they give you a way to turn lights on and off hands-free. Going out to one listener, drawn at random, make that you. The number again is one eight 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 Money Pit. Julian Colorado's on the line and has a heating question. My question is um, regarding heat pump and how energy efficient they might be because we're an all-electric house. Our electric bill is very high. And how is your house heated right now, Julie? It's heated with baseboards. And actually, we don't even really heat our house. We'll heat one room because it's so expensive. Right now, you're heating with electric resistance heat, which, as you accurately stated, is the most expensive type of heat. Now, a heat pump system would be far less expensive, but it would require a duct system to be installed throughout the house. So you would have that upfront cost of running the heating ducts. If you had that system installed, the way a heat pump works is it's kind of like an air conditioning system that runs all winter, except that in the wintertime, the refrigeration system is reversed. Now, if you've ever walked, say, by a window air conditioner in the summer, you know it blows hot air out the back of it, out to the outside. If you sort of took that window air conditioner out and flipped it around and stuck it inside, you'd have a heat pump. It'd be blowing the hot air in the house. That's essentially what happens. It reverses the refrigeration cycle in the wintertime. Now, generally speaking, heat pumps are not always recommended for very, very cold climates because heat pumps only maintain the heat when there's a two-degree differentiation between what the temperature is set at, uh, what the temperature is, and what the temperature is set at, I should say. So if you set your temperature at 70, it falls to 69, the heat goes on. If it falls inside to 68, the heat pump stays on. If it falls to 67, the heat pump says to its electric resistance backup system, which is always part of a heat pump, hey, I can't keep up with this. I need some help. Turn on the heating coils. And then you're not saving any money. So will it save, will it be less expensive than baseboard electric? Yes. But it has a significant upfront cost in terms of the installation because you'd need a duct system as well as the heat pump equipment. Does that make sense? Okay, sounds good. Thank you. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Daniel in Illinois is on the line dealing with a dipping bathroom floor. What's going on? I've got an older house that I'm doing some work on, and the bathroom floor seems to dip 
from the bathtub on one side uh, down and from the sink and the toilet on the other side down towards the middle. Okay. And I'm wondering what would be the easiest way to for a homeowner to be able to fix something like that. Bathroom floors typically get weak in two places. One is at the edge of the bathtub, and that happens from just years and years of water splashing over the side of the tub, or as you get in and out of the tub, just water dripping down there, getting the floor wet, and it's starting to decay. And the other area is right around the base of the toilet. Based on that, do you think that any of this could be decay, or do you sense it's more of a structural defect? I'm thinking it probably is more of the decay because it's more prominent towards the toilet side of the floor. Okay, so what you're going to need to do in that situation is basically replace the floor. So you'd have to take out the toilet, and you would have to tear up the floor and get to the whatever's below the tile. I presume you have tile. There's probably going to be plywood there, and you want to get down to something that's reasonably flat. It doesn't have to be completely rot-free because if it has some structural integrity, you can put a new layer of plywood on top of that, and that will transfer the support uh, to that upper layer, and it will work quite well. The other thing to keep in mind is the toilet flange may have to be adjusted by your plumber up a bit so that it ends up being flush with whatever the new floor level is going to be. But when the floor decays like that, there's no way it can be patched. It really is a structural issue and it has to be properly repaired. It's kind of a pain in the neck job because you got to work in such a small place and you got to take the toilet out to do it, but it really is the best way to do it. Okay. All right. Sounds great. Thank you very much. All right, Daniel. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. For help with your next home improvement project, call us now at 888 Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor. You can get matched with background checked home service pros in your area, compare prices, read verified reviews, and book appointments online all for free. No matter the type of job, Home Advisor makes it fast and easy to hire a pro you can trust. Just ahead, are you opening your door to prospective home buyers this fall? Well, if you are, we're going to help make sure that your open house isn't keeping them from closing a deal. We've got tips on the pitfalls to avoid after this. You live in a body pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's AirDoctorPro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by ADT. Home isn't just a place, it's a feeling. The feeling that you're safe to enjoy the things that matter most. 
ADT lets you take that feeling with you. Learn more at ADT.com. ADT, home safe home. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Taking your calls right now at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. And if you do reach out to us at moneypit.com through the community page by posting your question there or calling it in to 888-MONEY-PIT, you will have an opportunity to win a set of Lutron Maestro Occupancy Switches. I love this product because they're convenient, they're hands-free, they enable you to have your lights automatically come on and go off when you enter or leave the room. They're easy to install, they deliver a very big impact And heck, if you don't want to do any decorating, just put dimmers in your house and drop the lights a bit. Nobody will notice. True. Very true. (laughs) And it's a great way to make sure that your kids don't leave the lights on in any room. Absolutely. We've got a set of two sensors going out to one caller, one listener, drawn at random. Make that you. The number, again, is 888-MONEYPIT or post your questions to the community page at moneypit.com. Sandy in South Dakota is on the line with a funny smell coming from the basement. Tell us what's going on in your money pit. Our, our basement is got a real bad musky smell to it, and we've had fans going down there all summer long. We've had dehumidifier going year-round, um, and I can't get rid of the musky smell. I don't know what to do with it. All right. Well, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, the musty smell is because you have an excessive amount of moisture and humidity down there. So we want to do some things to try to reduce that amount of moisture. You're going to start outside your house and examine your gutter system. You want to make sure that you have gutters, that the gutters are clean and free-flowing, and that the downspouts are discharging four to six feet minimum away from the foundation. They do. They do. All right. And then after that water discharges, does it run away from the wall? It runs away from the house, yes. So I'd like you to take a look at those gutters in a heavy rainfall just to make sure they're not becoming overwhelmed because that usually is a source of of many moisture problems. If the gutters are working well, then we need to look at the grading around the house. The soil should slope away and drop six inches on four feet. And that soil grade should be made up of clean fill dirt, not topsoil, not mulch or grass. Uh, you can have a little bit of topsoil and grass on top of it, but you have to establish the slope first with with fill dirt. And the reason you're doing this is because you want rainfall that hits to run away from the house and not sit up against the house. That slope is really, really important. If that's done, then going down to the basement area, we can make sure that the walls are properly sealed with a damp-proofing paint and then a, a dehumidifier on top of that. But the dehumidifier has to be properly sized for the basement space and it has to be drained uh, set up with a condensate pump so that it drains outside. And those steps together are usually going to take out as much moisture as you possibly can. Okay, thank you. All right, Sandy, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 money pit Now we've got Frank in Texas on the line with a structural question. What's going on at your Money Pit? Yes, I've got a, an older home, post and beam construction. I have about a 4 by 8 beam that's cracked diagonally. And I've already poured a footer, a 2 foot by 2 foot by 6 inch footer, and I plan on bracing that. But what I'm wondering, once I jack it back into position, number one, is there an adhesive that might help hold it together? And on the sides, I want to marry in a support. Should I use OSB plywood? or uh, 2x8. What you would do is you would put another beam next to it that has to go the continue, the same width. It has to go bearing point to bearing point as the split beam. And then you would glue it with a construction adhesive 
from the new beam to the split beam, and I would bolt them together. And if you do that on a beam-by-beam basis, then it should be an acceptable repair. It's just a little tricky because you've got to get that new beam next to the old beam, and it's going to not be straight, and you're going to have to work around wires and plumbing and such to get it in there and nice and tight. But take your time fitting that beam. If you get the new beam in right, then, you know, it could be quite strong. All right. I appreciate the advice. Thank you. Well, if you're planning to sell your house anytime soon, one of the best opportunities to get a qualified buyer happens during the open house. You know, it's that time when you invite hordes of strangers to poke around every single nook and cranny of your personal space. (laughs) It's kind of awkward, a little unsettling. Well, today we're going to have tips on how you can get your home ready for an open house. True. Holding an open house is worth it, but you have to make sure your house is really ready to be seen. First off, keep in mind that buyers need to be able to envision how they'll live in a space. So clearing clutter is a must, and it's a great place to start. You can also open up rooms by maybe taking out some larger surplus furnishings. Might be worth you know renting a storage area for a few months so that you can kind of make your place seem as spacious as it possibly can. Yeah, another thing is buyers aren't going to notice if your house is spotlessly clean, but they will notice if it's not. So it does make sense to hire a cleaning service to make it sparkle. Also, odors are really important. Nobody wants to buy a house that smells like your pets or one that was owned by someone who smokes. So neutralize those odors by scrubbing the walls, shampooing carpets, keeping your litter boxes clean, get those pets out of the house. I mean, really think about it. You don't want a stinky home. And then add some like nice touches, like new towels in the bathroom or a beautifully set dining table. They will also make a very good impression. Outside, you want to trim your lawn, weed the landscaping, prune those shrubs. And once the day of the open house arrives, the most important tip we have for you is this. Leave. Get out. Do not hang out. Buyers will be much more comfortable. They're going to ask more questions, and they will take more interest if you're not around. You are not the best person to sell your house. Leave it to the pros. Everybody knows you love your house. So you're never going to say anything to the negative about it. You're going to have a positive spin on everything, and buyers don't want to hear that. They want to hear it from the realtor. So get out and don't stand by, and you will have a much more likely chance of selling that house for the highest possible price. All right, next up, we've got Joyce in Illinois who's having a flooring issue. Tell us what's going on. Well, a few years ago, I put down a new kitchen floor, a Congolium Dura Ceramic kitchen floor. And it has all these marks and things on it that I had a guy come out and look at it, and he said it was a problem from the factory. And I thought they were going to replace it, and they never did replace it for me. And I was just wondering, what do I put down? I have home daycare, and I was wondering what I could put down to stand up to my home daycare and still look nice. Laminate works really well, and it's gotten less expensive. It's easier to install. Laminate floor is um, can look like vinyl, can look like stone, it can, it can look like wood, it can look like anything. And it's basically made of a medium-density fiberboard and then a color layer, which has the pattern of the stone or whatever it is on it, and then uh, and, and, and then the laminates on top of that. So basically, it's a sandwich. And while people are comparing compare laminates to, say, a laminate countertop, like a, like a Formica, the laminate floor um, is, is actually about 100 times more durable. 
because they put more protection on it. Yeah, I've had a laminate floor down in my house, which is a very old house, for about 10 years. And it looks as good as the day we put it down. So I know it stands up well. Well, I know I have daycare, and the kids are throwing toys around and everything else. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Kids, dogs, toys, uh-huh. furniture. Yeah, I would take a look at laminates. Tough stuff. Okay. And easy to clean. Okay. All right, Joyce, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. All right, now we're heading over to Georgia, where Robin is dealing with a porch issue. What's going on with the cement? The back of the cement porch where it meets the house has sunk down from the brick about an inch and maybe as much as two inches in some places. And then up the wall, the brick has also got lines in it in some some places that have dropped down as well. And... You can see where where the brick has dropped has dropped down under the windows. Okay, so what's happening here is settlement, and it's happened slowly, probably over a number of years. And, and typically, what happens in porches is, you know, you frame the outside sort of foundation wall of the porch, and then you pour the concrete last. And sometimes, when they backfill the porch, it doesn't uh, compress properly, or sometimes you get uh, organic debris in there, like uh, tree stumps and, and that sort of thing. And then they, of course, rot away. You get voids, and then the porch drops. So the question is, can you patch something that has dropped two inches? And my answer is no. It's too much to patch. So you really have two choices. You can temporarily seal those gaps. The only pur- purpose in doing this is to stop some of the water that might collect from rainfall of running in there and making the matter worse. But it really is a very temporary fix. The proper thing to do would be to have that concrete floor t- torn out. Once it's torn out, you'll be able to work on the brick wall that's sagging underneath. Those The bricks would probably be sitting on top of a ledge of a foundation. I don't know why they're dropping, but you need to investigate that, rebuild the bricks up under the window, and then pour a new concrete floor on properly tamped, properly compacted base. That's really all you can do at this point because you can't patch something. You can't put a layer on it of additional concrete to kind of fill that in. It just won't stay. It won't look right. Ed in Colorado is on the line with a basement plumbing question. What can we help you with today? Uh, I live in the area of Colorado that suffered from the floods. Fortunately, I wasn't one of the persons that had a flood, but some of my friends that did have had sewage back up in their basements. And somebody mentioned that there was such a thing as a check valve that can be installed. It still lets it act as a drain, but will stop any backups. And I was wondering if you have a recommendation if there's any problem with them that you know of. Yeah, Ed, that's called a backflow preventer valve, and it's a type of valve that is installed in the main waste line, and it does just what you uh, explained. If the sewage flow reverses, and there's pressure onto the sewage pipe to kind of pump that sewage back into your house, which can get terrible because it can come up through every drain in the house, the backflow preventer valve will stop that from happening. But just keep in mind that it's not to be confused with the sewer trap, which stops sewage gas from backing up. You actually need the sewer trap, but you also need the backflow preventer valve, especially if you have an area that apparently is susceptible to this. So I think it would be a good thing to do. You're going to need a plumber uh, to install it. It's a, it's a bit of a project because you've got to get access to the, to the line to do it, but it is a good idea to have it done. Do I have access to the drain and the little screen that's over the top of it? Well, the line has to be actually, be, this is a valve that has to be plumbed into it. So it depends on whether or not there's enough room to kind of move the pipes around to get this backflow preventer valve in there. Oh, we'd have to bust up some concrete in that case. Well, perhaps, or, or certainly you'd have to uh, extend the line that's there, okay? All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. 
While winter's ahead, and so are ice dams. We're going to have tips on how to avoid ice dams and the thousands of dollars in damage that they can cause after this. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at HomeAdvisor.com. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, ice dams are a condition that forms when snow melts and the water runs off the roof, but then it can't get past the ice that's built up at the roof's edge. The result is that water can leak back under the roof shingles, potentially causing thousands of dollars of damage to your home. Well, insulation combined with properly installed roofing systems can stop ice dams from putting a freeze on your household repair budget. With us to talk about that is Paul Duffy, the VP of Engineering for Isonine. Welcome, Paul. Hi, Tom and Leslie. How are you? We're good. Thanks so much for joining us. You know, Paul, these ice dams, they really don't happen that often, but when they do, they truly can cause a lot of damage. So can you explain to us really what causes the ice dams to form and what can we do to reduce the risk of them forming altogether? Well, there are about three things that figure into it. Basically, uh, what happens in a lot of conditions is the insulation in the attic space is inadequate. So there's not enough R value and there's excessive heat loss over the heated portion of the house. That combines with air leakage through the insulation, which degrades its value as well. Now, picture a major snowfall on the top side of the roof, and believe it or not, snow has an R value, a thermal resistance, that actually helps to insulate the uh, roof deck. 
And so as a consequence of that, the temperature at the interface between the snow and the roof itself becomes warm enough to actually start melting the snow. The snow melts at the bottom of the roof and runs out to the eaves where you're into unheated space where it can refreeze. So typically, there are three things that that, that figure into this. The amount of snow, so you don't always get a lot of snow in every year, but when you get a major snowfall, it points out uh, some of the problems with insulation and poor air leakage control in the roof assembly. So Paul, basically what you're saying is your home is heated and all that heat rises to the top, just like it would with your body. So the heat's rising to the top. And then if your attic isn't properly insulated, you're getting all this warm air into the attic. And then you've got a layer of snow on the roof and the heat on the underside of the roofing system in your attic starts to melt that little layer underneath all that snow on the roof. And then that runs down, sort of creates this little channel underneath that layer of snow. And once it hits that gutter edge, which is an overhang, and it's not getting any heat at all, it starts to freeze, and that all can build up. And generally a sign is when you see icicles, and they really are pretty, but we know that that could potentially be a disastrous leak, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think you've described it very, very well. It gives a good visual. Um, picture uh, you know, houses with big uh, icicles that are forming at the roof edge and and draping down sort of the the quintessential uh winter look for a house um actually it's <laughs> exactly it looks it looks just like a like a holiday card of uh of uh, in the days of yore kind of thing but what it actually points out is a thermal flaw in the uh, in the building envelope that's going to potentially cause big problems. All right. Now, I spent 20 years as a professional home inspector, and, and I saw a lot of uh, bat insulation very poorly installed. Um, and I see more ice damming with that in those conditions than, than, uh, than any other type of insulation. Now, I am uh, no longer uh, a bat insulation customer. I do have Isonine spray foam insulation. Of course, that's your company. Tell me how um, Isonine changes that equation and prevents the formation of ice dams? Well, there, it, it ha- happens in a number of ways. Number one, uh, isonine spray foam is an air impermeable insulation. So the beauty of air impermeable insulation is that air leakage won't leak through it and degrade its thermal performance. Um, the second thing is it adheres to the surfaces to which it's sprayed. So it can actually insulate the roof deck directly. You can spray to the underside of the roof deck and you can actually deliver the needed R value to the surfaces where it's needed. The third thing is it bonds to the adjacent uh, framing so that it becomes one continuous impervious layer for heat loss. And so the combination of those uh, three things actually helps deliver a consistent level of thermal performance across the entire roof assembly. Once you do that, then you're minimizing the amount of meltwater that will occur on the top side. You're keeping it consistent. So in the winter, when uh, you have snow melting, uh, basically it melts consistently across the entire field of the roof and uh, doesn't cause problems because there isn't a differential across the surface of the roof in terms of the overall melting temperatures. So that's just one of the many benefits of Isonine spray foam insulation. i got to tell you, when we uh, applied it to our, our house built in 1886, we used to have a so a difference in temperature of 10 or 15 degrees between the single-story portion of the home and the two-story portion of the home. 
that one story section was sort of jutting out from the house had a lot of exposure on all sides so it was warmer in the summer and colder in the winter and literally the day after the application it was the first time it was ever the same temperature with the rest of the house so the product is, is very very effective for all the reasons that you mentioned um, icing though now has a low VOC or an ultra low VOC application what does that mean to a consumer that's interested in the product well typically VOCs are the reason that we advise people to stay out of the house while the um, uh, product is being sprayed. You, you, it's it's sort of uh, like you see in a new a new car, the new car smell. Basically, that's uh, something that uh, occurs as the uh, as the foam is curing. So, what we have now are products that are so low in VOCs. Basically, trades can reoccupy the building within an hour, and uh, consumers can actually uh, reoccupy the building within two hours. So, uh, major, major breakthrough. It allows us to uh, target specifically applications where, you know, folks uh, need uh, a renovation of their attic or crawl space or, or something like that and and don't want to be out of the house for 24 hours while the foam is curing. It's a great product. Isonine spray foam insulation now green gold certified uh, because of the ultra low VOC combination. It minimizes energy loss. It stops uh, air leakage. Uh, it really is a great way to go, and it definitely stops ice dams. Paul Duffy, the VP of Engineering for Icening, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thanks, Tom and Leslie, and have a great day. And if you'd like to learn more about Icening Spray Foam Insulation, visit their website at com or call 800-758-7325. All right, Paul, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Well, this is the busiest time of year for one kind of contractor due to a simple problem. You want to guess who and why? We'll tell you after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The Money Pit is presented by Home Advisor. Find trusted home improvement pros for any project at homeadvisor.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Post your questions to the Money Pit's community page right now at moneypit.com or call in your question to 1-888-MONEYPIT, presented by Home Advisor. Hey, do you love taking out a home improvement project or two around the weekend? Well, that makes you a weekend warrior, and we have got a great sweepstakes to help you out. We've partnered with the Home Depot on a sweepstakes that's going to make your tool hounds out there kind of drool because we've got 4500 bucks worth of tools straight from the aisles of the Home Depot going out to some very lucky winners. Yeah, the grand prize is pretty darn amazing. It's a beautiful Milwaukee 16-drawer tool chest and rolling cabinet set, and it's filled with six tools in the M18 fuel. That's the 18-volt lithium-ion cordless combo kit. I mean, you'll be ready to go with this, so hopefully you are the lucky grand prize winner. But fear not. 
Got a lot of other things up for grabs. Two first prizes, and they are the Husky 46-inch 9-drawer mobile workbench with a solid wood top, and it comes filled with a 268-piece Husky mechanics tool set. Ten second-place prizes are up for grabs. It's the Ryobi 18-volt 1-plus drill driver and impact driver kit, and 27 third-place prizes, which is our book, My Home, My Money Pit, Your Guide to Every Home Improvement Adventure. And that adds up to 40 prizes, 40. So you got 40 chances to win. You can get the details now and enter at moneypit.com, and you can even increase your chances of winning by entering once a day and sharing the sweeps online with your friends. It's all open right now at moneypit.com. Mike in Delaware, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Actually calling to find out the best way to remove the trim and old hardwood floor without tearing it all up. So you want to remove just the trim? Is that what you said? Yeah, the, the base mold, the quarter round, and the existing um, previous hardwood. I've got new hardwood to put down. Oh, you've got new hardwood to put down. Um, but you said without tearing it up. I mean, you're going to have to tear it up to remove it. Yeah, without without destroying it to be able to repurpose. Oh, without oh oh okay yeah I see what you mean. You want to try to preserve it, man. I got to tell you, it's tough because if it's traditional three quarter inch hardwood and it's put in with flooring nails, these are like flat long steel nails that go on at an angle uh, and they go in um, the tongue part of this. And it's very, very difficult to take that floor up. Generally, you have to cut it out and and pry it up. It would be an enormous amount of work for you to get that floor out. I mean, even if you sort of cut out, say, a foot of it so you can get some flat bars in there and start working it, I think you're going to find that it's, an, it's going to be a lot of work to try to you know work each one of those boards loose to the point where you could back the nails out and preserve it. I mean, it's certainly worth a shot, and depending on what kind of materials, what kind of hardware they use to put that together, Mike, you may have a chance of trying to save some of that, but it's very, very difficult because if it was put down properly, it would have been put down with a flooring nailer, and the way that thing works is it's a hammer that kind of fits right into the tongue side of the board, and then you slam the, the mallet down, and it shoots the nail deep into the wood and then countersinks it. So it's a hard fastener to get out. It's really only designed to go one way. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome, Mike. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Pit. Well, Halloween is the busiest time of year for one trade in particular, and you might be surprised to know which one. Well, it's the plumber. Halloween actually kicks off the season that money starts to roll in for those guys, mainly because of what people are putting in their garbage disposals in the fall and then trying to wash down the drains. Yeah, you know, with all the celebrating and cooking that goes on really beginning this time of year, lots of stuff is being shoved down there that can really clog up the works. For example, one of the most common culprits is pumpkin guts. It's gooey, it's fibrous, it's full of seeds. Well, it shouldn't be full of seeds because you should be taking them out and roasting them. But regardless, it does not go down the disposal. It will really clog it all up faster than you can say boo. Now, the same goes for your toilet. If you were thinking about flushing those pumpkin guts, don't even do it. That's true with any stringy or fibrous vegetable. So things like celery, potato peels, even shrimp shells, all of that can wreak havoc on your disposal. And it might seem obvious to you, but plumbers also get a lot of calls after someone dumps grease, oil, or fat down the drain. Now, think about it. Just because it goes down the drain doesn't mean it gets much farther than that. It kind of hangs right there, 
and clogs up over time to the point where the only way you're going to get that out of there is with a plumber's snake. Yeah, so if you don't want to pay for your plumber's kids to go to college, and I mean like good Ivy League colleges, start composting (laughs) all of your leftover veggies. I mean, seriously, how expensive are plumber's bills? You guys, truly, do yourself a favor. Start composting all your leftover veggies and dump that grease in the garbage once it's cool, okay? Don't forget that part. Good advice. 888-666-3974. If you need good advice on your next home improvement project, give us a call right now. Well, outdoor play structures are all fun and games until the rough or rotted surfaces crash that party. We're going to have tips on the best ways to finish wooden play structures for maximum fun, safety, and appearance after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by ADT. Home isn't just a place, it's a feeling. The feeling that you're safe to enjoy the things that matter most. ADT lets you take that feeling with you. Learn more at ADT.com. ADT, home safe home. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Standing by for your calls, your questions about your home improvement project at 888 Money Pit, presented by Home Advisor. Hey, are you ready for a basement makeover you can enjoy all winter long? Home Advisor will instantly match you with the right pro for the job for free. All right, but we're here to help you out with whatever you are working on. We've got a post here from Vince who writes, I've built a large play structure for my kids, and I'm wondering how to finish it before the winter sets in. The surface is made of composite lumber. All of the building structure itself is pressure-treated Douglas fir. I've been told that my kids will outgrow the play structure long before the pressure-treated lumber deteriorates. What should I do? Well, that's true, but see, here's the thing. Um, You know, usually with pressure-treated lumber, it will crack and check and dry out, but if you don't have any foot traffic on that because you have all composite, there's really nothing that you do that you have to do. The cracking, the checking is not going to affect its strength. If it's a surface deck board, it's pretty. It's a pretty miserable surface to walk on, and kids can't get splintered. But since it's just the structure, I think you're good to go. Well, one of the easiest home improvement projects to do yourself is to install a brand new floor. But sometimes those very same pieces of flooring that you're putting on the floors work equally well on the walls. Leslie has some tips on how to do just that in today's flooring design tip presented by Pergo Outlast Plus. Leslie? Yeah, you know, flooring, it really is a beautiful product. There's so many choices out there that can really satisfy everybody's design style. But there are some surfaces that you don't normally think about when it comes to places to install the floor. Now, I really like to do this, and it takes a special kind of room and a certain kind of flooring. But if you're the right person for this, it can really make a beautiful space. And I'm talking about doing one focal wall in a room with flooring on the wall. Now, if you want to do it on the inexpensive side in the really easy do-it-yourself arena, go with a rubber-coated vinyl. They come in planks. You can cut them with a blade and a straight edge, and then you just put them up with double stick tape. So it really is a very simple project. And you can go ahead and mix up different textures, mix up different finishes, so you can really create a look for that wall that is truly unique. Some vendors are even doing a veneer, pretty much of an actual hardwood or a reclaimed type of lumber that you can put up in the same manner. You really don't have to use fasteners. You don't have to worry about cutting any crazy angles unless you're dealing with a tricky roof line. But it makes such a beautiful design feature. It looks great in a master bedroom. It looks great in a family room. 
don't be afraid to try it. It really is a good project. Another thing you can do with wood planking for your walls is turn it on the vertical and create wainscoting. Do a short run at three foot tall, and then to finish the top edge, you can go ahead and put a plank of wood, you know, maybe a one by three, a one by four, depending on how much of a leaner ledge you might want there. Just to cap off the top, you can put little picture frames on it or nothing, just paint it all white. Whatever you want to do, this really makes a beautiful way to create wainscoting. That's an easy do-it-yourself project. So when it comes to flooring, look up. There could be some interesting places to put it. And that's today's flooring design tip presented by Pergo Outlast Plus, the only water-resistant laminate that prevents water from seeping into the joints. Pergo's Spill Protect 24 technology creates a watertight surface so spills can be wiped up or will simply evaporate over time. Plus, Pergo's superior design with deep textures and high-definition printing create an incredibly realistic look. Outlast Plus resists water and ends worries. Available in 19 different colors for $2.79 a square foot at the Home Depot and homedepot.com. You are listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, you know, every water heater or a boiler for homes that heat hot water have one very important valve that can prevent a possible explosion if something goes wrong. It's called a pressure relief valve, and we're going to share how to know if yours is up for the job on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 